0: How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve.
1: everybody, and welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. I am your host, as always, Jamie Filer. Thank you for joining us. And today, I am honored to have my esteemed colleague in TRM, Greg McCoy, on the podcast with me. Greg, how are you?
2: Hey, Jamie. I'm excellent. Uh, happy to be back on the TRM show.
1: Love it. Love it. So I was just in Dallas, Texas rather than Allen, Texas, because you officially opened the second location of Hidden Gym at Pegasus Park. Talk to me about how that even came about, because this is years in the making now, right?
2: Yeah, the the project started about two years ago. Um, Their long story short investment firm bought uh, what was formerly the Exxon Mobile headquarters. Um, and they had this vision for a, a, an innovative campus in Dallas um, they've attracted um, bioscience, which is something that's traditionally been in San Francisco and Boston. Um, they have a big um, philanthropy initiative, which was part of what attracted us and um, and got us into the project because we do a lot with um, philanthropy here in Dallas. And they wanted um, a, a fitness center that set their campus apart. Um, they want to attract Tenants, they want tenants to be able to uh, bring people that that want to work and say, "Look, this is an amazing campus that you're going to have access to work on." Um, and one of the many things to add to that attraction was they wanted a vibrant fitness center. They, uh, the owner's biggest fear when we when I was learning about the project was to have a, a, a gym that basically just checked the box that looked like a dead hotel gym. Um, and so I was like. Don't worry about that. You got the right guy. Like, um, come check out Alan. Um, we showed it to them. They loved it. We talked about the events and the community nurturing that we do. And so, yeah, we, um, we, we got in there and um, have come up with a, a really cool concept that, that works for them. And uh, it's a beautiful facility. And and we're trying to get kind of woven into the campus life there.
1: Sure. So I want to make people aware that give me the square footage because that was the first thing because I'm used to hidden gym Allen, sure. give me yeah. the square footage difference between those two facilities.
2: It's it's less than a third. So in wow. Allen I've got 17,000 square feet. Um this gym is just over 5,000. Um so that was the space that they had kind of pre-dedicated to the fitness center, so we had to make the most out of it and with it being a corporate campus, um you know, we had to dedicate probably more space than I would have liked to to showers and things because it's all everyone's working out either before or at lunch breaks. So we had to make the locker rooms a good size, but, um, you know, for the size of the, the pop the population of the campus. Um, it should be a, a suitable size.
1: Were you nervous at all? Um, because when you have a gym that's 17,000 square feet, I mean, yes, of course it's amazing And I know the majority of your revenue comes from the personal training department, but you could also have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of members at the same time. And it would not disrupt the flow of the machinery or the equipment. When you have a gym that is a third, the size, how do you navigate revenue streams, memberships, personal training?
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a different beast. Um, But in a, in a corporate environment, like it, so just to make it clear for everybody the if you don't work on campus you cannot use that gym so the the population of the campus isn't big enough to really stress the floor plan of the gym um and and we have space to grow if we need to um they're they're building additional buildings on that uh campus so we've got room if we need it but in uh it, i don't think it's going to be much of an issue, and with our style, um, you know, we're not a volume based facility. We're not $9 a month. Um, it's, it's a little more high end. Um, and we're, we're going to try to change your life. Meaning, you know, we build our programs in a way that, uh, we're going to talk to you about your goals when you walk in, I don't hire uh, warm bodies. So there's not someone that's going to just look up from the book they're reading and say, hello. Um, we're going to talk to you about your goals. Um, we're gonna put you in a body scanner to get your baseline. Um, we're gonna offer you an app, and we're gonna to try to get you personal training or in a class. So um, we're we're not trying to get uh you know just the people that are gonna leave their membership on recurring revenue. Of course, those those are helpful, but like you know we're we're more focused on helping people um, and and being a more uh, touch high touch service.
1: I love that. I love that. So let's go back to the inception of Hidden Gym Pegasus Park. Your old location was doing really well. Things were flowing. You were just starting to take a step back. You were going on more vacations with your wife. You were competing. What made you think or what led you to believe you were ready in terms of time and energy management to open a second location?
2: It's always been, I've never had, you know, I've been doing this 13 years now and I've never had two. Um, I've had three consecutively, but never two at one time. Um, so I've, I've been gearing up for the challenge for some time now um and this opportunity came about and i i kind of call this location 1.5 because given the corporate uh nature the campus is closed on holidays and weekends yeah so it's it's significantly less hours per week than a full service gym where we're you know at hidden Gym and allen we close on christmas day that's it 364 days a year we're open so Um, there's never, there's not a lot of downtime in this operation. This one, um, it's a little less strenuous in that regard. Um, but I think regardless of that, even if it was, um, I I think that more importantly, uh, my team is ready for it. Um, you know, because if I was ready for it and they weren't, um, that would put us in a bad position. If they were ready for it and I wasn't, that wouldn't work out. So, you know, we, we, we work together as a team and we're open and honest about what we can and can't do. And, um, I before I said yes, I I really wanted to get the blessings of the people that are gonna be with me in this because if if they if I said yes and and they're uh, you know one foot in one foot out, um, you know it wouldn't work for me either. So I think it was um, as much a team decision as anything.
1: I love it. So now, how do you I mean, from a practical perspective and an emotional perspective, how do you divide your time between the two gyms? the two teams of people working for you. And then of course your personal life, your wife, your bodybuilding career, your friendships.
2: Yeah. It, um, you know, there's only time's a great utilizer, right? There's only 24 hours in a day. Um, but there's people doing a lot, a lot more than I do, uh, in the same time constraints. So I always like, uh, you're always trying to make, you know, your time uh, worthwhile. And I spend a lot of, Uh, time and energy trying to make sure like in auditing, um, am I spending my time in the best way? Um, And you've got to make sure that like, of course, you need to prioritize what has to happen. I also try to prioritize what I enjoy about the business. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to get rid of things that I don't like. Sometimes uh, I'm the best man for the job on the things that I don't like. So I have to, but you're always auditing and always trying to develop people Um, Help them grow in responsibility so that you can grow into new zones. And um, I would say right now um, I I feel stretched, which is a feeling that I enjoy. Um, So I I feel that this is stretching uh, me as a business owner. Um, At the same time, I'm able to do stuff that um, I'm used to doing and, and can now coach people. Um, to do. And and they enjoyed the feeling of feeling a little bit stretched as well. So we're in a, we're in a growth mode uh, mentally as much as we are uh, by floor plans.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. Um, And when you say coach people, you mean your teams, right? The manager of the gym, the manager of the personal training departments. Yeah.
2: So um, yeah, I promoted at the beginning of the year, Um, Kelly, who was our assistant general manager here, got promoted to general manager um, I, I've already, um, acquired and lost a general manager at Pegasus that took uh, 60 days. Nice. Um, but I promoted who was, um, an, uh, an account manager here, Liz has been promoted to a regional assistant manager. Um, so they've, they've both taken a lot of responsibility. They've been with me now for three years. So, um, we work closely together and they're absolutely knocking it out of the park, which just, you know, gives us all confidence that, um. You know, we can all continue to elevate and, and take on more stuff. And really, it's about developing people because now, you know, when they move up, they need to pass on things that they were once doing. Um, and we continue to add um, staff members and and really try to to grow and develop them and, and teach them about the fitness industry. Like the talk I give almost everyone is like, you know, I don't don't look at this as a job. Um, you know, we're not looking for someone that wants to pass you know, three months while they find something better, yeah. um, you know, that you can do that at a big box gym, I'm sure. But like we want, sure. you know, we want people that want to make a career out of fitness and it, it is a viable career path. And yep. um, even though it's fun, doesn't make it any more or less serious. So uh, we give them that talk like, hey, this is a, this. We want this to be a career for you. And yeah. we try to uh, as an employer, we try to uh, treat them that way and then ask that they they treat it like a career as well. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Okay. So let's, I have, I have two questions. It's almost cool. like a part A and B three ways, you know, you're ready to promote. So let's say you're talking to, cause a lot of the people who come into TRM or even just people who are coaches, they just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hire a bunch of assistant coaches. Okay, cool. You now have one level, but like, like you said, you promoted Kelly from an assistant general manager to a general, which now mm-hmm. means you, Greg are no longer the general manager. So what are two to three ways, you know, or you knew you were ready to give someone else more responsibility and you could take a step back?
2: So I'll say I'll give you two kind of from the employee side and one from like my perspective. So for me, um, I, I have to be ready to uh, allow, let go of some things. Mm -hmm. I have to trust the person. Um, and allow them some room to make mistakes because yes. I know I've been doing the job. I messed it up several times. <laughs> you know, I learned uh, by trial and error. And you need to give that person ample opportunity to do the same. So while I'm uh, there uh, to support, I try not to, you know, micromanage or tell them what to do too often. I want them to learn. Um, so you have to like, like the the person moving on has to be prepared. You know, to to let that happen. Um, so I felt like I was in that place. Um, then what I look for, you know, when someone's, when it's time to promote somebody, I, I would say it's attitude and competence. Um, you know, you, they might be competent enough, but if their attitude isn't right, um, I don't, it's not something I want to deal with. Um, they're not going to do probably the best job be
1: on, Probably shouldn't <laughs> be on your team in the first place, sir.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, okay. that's a good audit. That so. Yeah. So yeah, their, their attitude has to be right. And then, uh, do they, are they competent enough to, to handle the position? So that's just knowing what the job requires and making sure that they've got the, the tools to, to be successful.
1: Um, and then you said from your perspective, so you're going to do two from the employees and then. Yeah. One.
2: So attitude and competence from the employer side. And then, um, from my side, it would just be, um, being ready to let, to release that duty, the trust and and the room for, um, room for learning.
1: Okay. So regarding that follow-up question, uh, let's say someone says, Hey Jamie, I'm kind of interested in buying the TRM engine. Uh, do you think I should get it like now when I only have four clients or should I get it once I have a hundred? Okay. Do you promote Kelly when you are already stretched to capacity or do you promote Kelly when you're like, she's good?
2: Uh, I try to do it early. I, I don't like to wait until you know if you compare it to I don't know, maybe a ship or something like um, if if water's already coming in, like the problem you know you're already there. like it's then it's a disaster. Okay. yeah you, know, you want to reinforce uh, the ship and the hull and everything that you're doing prior to the storm. <laughs> um, so I would even say right now where um, I'm actually purposely overstaffing um we've made two hires um and they were great people and i don't it's not necessarily the right time it's a bit early but um we decided to go ahead and bring them on because we have you know we've got more growth opportunities ahead and they're not ready in a week like if you want someone that's going to be an integral part of your organization i mean maybe six months they're like fully wrapped into the culture they understand the operations. They kind of know who's who. Like it takes time to have a high level person at full speed. Yeah. So I like to get them in early and that can be expensive. And it, it's bit me in the butt. It just did with, you know, they spent eight months, you know, kind of grooming somebody that left, uh, you know, abruptly. Yeah. So there's risk, but um, I think that it's worse to wait for the problem uh, to try to solve it in the, in the middle of it.
1: Got it. Um, Okay, now three ways you're you know you're ready to grow. And I guess in your case, we're looking at the word franchise, right? This is the second franchise of Hidden Gym. How did you know you were ready to build an entirely new facility?
2: Yeah, I would say we're not quite ready to franchise. I've looked at that path and I need um, I need to build a better um, blueprint. So like with the gym, I in Allen, um, we purchased this gym. It was a, a, a distressed facility before. They, they weren't able to make it work. Um, and we kind of just like, we had the floor plan was what it was. It wasn't intentional. It was like, okay, we can make this work. Um, and then Pegasus, obviously a smaller corporate scenario, a little bit different. What I need, if I if I want to go the franchise route, the next location needs to be the blueprint. Um, if I could choose, this is the box size, this is the layout, this is the rent structure. Um, and so then, you know, if that one is the cookie cutter that we could then duplicate, because this one, the in Allen, it's too unique. Um, I couldn't scale this as too yeah. many, it's a little too much personality, you know, on how it works. So um, the next one, you know, to move to the franchise type position, I need a better uh, blueprint. Yeah. But as far as being in terms of ready for growth, I mean, you know, I had, I had the, before I even opened the gym, I knew like, these are the targets I need to hit. And once I get here, we can look at doing another one. Um, and so we just diligently made progress on those targets, COVID setback, COVID climb, um, you know, and then we made it. And now, um, we, you know, the Pegasus gym happened and now we're looking at further expansion because we're at, at about the numbers we need to be to entertain that idea.
1: Yep. Okay. I love that. I love that answer. Um, What I guess I misuse or misunderstand franchise in my head. If you have like two locations of something, it's a franchise, but I guess there's more legalese involved.
2: Yeah. Basically a franchise means someone else could open a hidden gym.
1: Oh, I understand. Okay.
2: So for the name and we would, you know, get some of the revenue for, for using our, our formula.
1: Okay. All right. So your SOPs, your blueprint would need to be tighter. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Um, let's go back to time management again. You still, even though you've taken a step back, you still wear a lot of different hats. How is your time over the course of your, you know, Greg McCoy, 24 hours. How do you divide, you know, uh, putting out fires, managing your team reacting versus responding online versus in-person business, when do you make time to train? Do your days look like groundhog days because you're so regimented or does every day look different, but you kind of know what you're doing?
2: Um, I lean much more towards the groundhog day. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. I like predictable schedules and it's just, uh, it just makes things easier because it's, I don't have to to think about it too much, Mm -hmm. but my days are, are at this point, it's been this way for two years now. Um, I wake up, early. Um, I've got my uh, usually about an hour and a half by myself in the mornings um, where I'll read. I'll, I have a morning routine that I go through and then I try to do uh, between 30 minutes, an hour of, uh, of deep work. I think we've talked about this in TRM Cal Newport's yeah. book, if you guys want to check that one out. But I'll take um, the hardest things that I'm working on and I'll spend a an uninterrupted hour uh, using the, the best brainpower I have to solve that issue or make progress on, uh, something I'm wrestling with. And then I kind of, uh, I kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Tana's awake. I have breakfast, coffee, chat with her. I get ready for my workout. I, I set aside two hours to train. I don't, I didn't open a gym so that I couldn't work out. Right. Like the, I love, that's why I do this, like, because I love the training portion. So yeah. uh, I'm not gonna, you know, work so much that I can't do the part that I like. So You know, Steve and I train from 9 a.m. to eleven. That's my window to train. And then the rest of the day, you know, I I usually will break it up and into meetings and I try to schedule it out and I'll leave about I'd say 30% of my calendar open just to like be accessible for support or take calls or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then so so 70% of your day is responsive, but then 30% you've left for the fires and the reactivity. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, what haven't we covered yet? Greg, is there anything I'm missing specifically as it relates to either leadership and team building, opening a second location, time management, what have we not covered?
2: I mean, the, uh, the art of all of this is, is the people development. I mean, if you're, especially people looking to open gyms or if you're trying to move from a a trainer to a gym owner, um, Equipment is generally pretty easy to find and get financing for um, real estate. You know, the market goes up and down, but you can generally always find it. Um, I know this sounds like probably not totally correct, but money is generally pretty easy to find, whether that's uh, bank loans, investors. Um, there's a million ways to fund things. Sure. So the limiting factor uh, becomes having a, a, a well-developed team and so spending a lot of time making sure that um, you know not only are you developing people but you're developing people that can develop people so when we hire somebody it's not like I'm sitting there teaching them how to check people in and um, telling them what our core values are like that's now the responsibility of our management team um, so I feel very confident that maybe i'll i'll sit in on the interview and um and weigh in on if it's a good fit but um you know they're going to be well trained and my top people can reproduce themselves into creating more uh people that so because that's going to be like you know i couldn't go to five locations right now i could find the money and the space and the equipment yep. but i'm going to put you know i just don't have enough well-trained people that i know it's going to be the hidden gym experience if you yep. walk in there
1: yep um So this is an interesting question. I love that you mentioned people development. So I got a kinesiology degree and as like a graduation present and to test us, we were actually responsible for running the NHL combine in Toronto, my graduating year. And what I found so interesting was that all of the scouts, all of the coaches, all of the head trainers were watching these 18, 19, 21 year old kids. And you'd see some that were like, let's say 200 pounds. 10% body fat could jump like a little bit. And then you'd see ones that were 250 pounds, 5% body fat star athletes. And they'd go for the former, not the latter. And I asked my professor why I said, I mean, I I would take home the latter. And they said, you don't want someone who is already developed because then how are you going to work on them? Clearly this 5% body fat athlete knows what he's doing. Do you think he's going to take direction? No, you want the guy who's literally a blob of clay that's just totally open, so I'm curious in your experience building your team, do you take the ten percent body fat athlete or do you take the five percent body fat athlete
2: yeah i've I've generally also taken the latter um i I rarely uh interview folks that have years and years of uh gym management experience um, not uh yeah, they, they, they generally like, I just know they're going to do it their own way. And I, I prefer to build people up in in our way of doing things. And I'm sure the scenario exists where you've got someone with enough humility that they'd be able to kind of backtrack and adapt it. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's also, you know, this sounds a little bit bad, but it's also much lower cost labor if they're unskilled. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's up to you to, to grow them and, and compensate them as their skills increase. Uh, but that's been a, a much better system for us, you know, for the entirety of my career, that's generally been what we've done. I'm glad I like, I like people from like, that have habits that are, they, they aid what we're doing, but not, aren't necessarily operational habits. Like I love hiring people from hotels, Mm. Um, somebody who's well-versed in how to speak to people in a, like a customer friendly environment, yep. um,
1: bedside manner, customer service, all of it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Hospitality is a great place right. to pick somebody and put into the gym business. Um, so I love seeing that on a resume, um, you know, or it just depends on what position you're looking for, but there's other fields that I like to look at, um, and, and kind of cherry pick from, but generally like, uh. If they've got a little bit of gym experience working the desk or whatever, that's not a big deal. But if they've been, you know, managing gyms, it's they're probably going to want one more than I want to pay, and two, I'm going to have to, uh, like break them <laughs>
1: and then build them up. Yeah, again. yeah, Love yeah. It. Love it. all right, all right, Greg. That is all I've got. Actually, the one thing I didn't catch the first time you mentioned sure. I do a lot of my deep work in the morning. Which book did you recommend?
2: Yeah, uh, Cal Newport. Um, I believe the. The title is just deep work. Um, okay. He's got two. I think one's deep work, and the other one is so good they can't ignore you.
1: Oh um, my god, I've heard of that one. Yes, yeah. both yeah. of
2: them. Uh, both of them touch on the topic, and um, just basically in a super short summary, it's you know we're we're just bombarded with distractions, and we rarely uh, spend time using our full skill set on a given problem. So you know, getting uh, no notifications, tinging, you're working on one thing at a time. Um, It's the hardest thing that you can do. And he's got all kinds of very cool advice on how to get the most out of out of your work. And I really have enjoyed um, uh, working in that in that fashion. And it doesn't necessarily like make a difference day of because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of busy work that I'm ignoring. Um, that like, I, I need to get to but you know, you're you're disciplined with it. And I'd say over the long term, it's paid gigantic dividends because there's some, you know, big, big overarching things that we've been working on that have really developed thanks to that, that time.
1: Greg, thank you so much. That was so, such a valuable recommendation. I appreciate it. And even more so, I appreciate your time and energy as we've heard it is quite valuable and limited. So thank you so much for being on today.
2: Thank you, Jamie. It was good seeing you last week and uh, hope to see you soon.
1: Of course, of course, me too. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show. Uh, wherever you are listening, please make sure you are subscribing, that you are rating us. If you like what you heard today, which I'm sure you did, feel free to share us on Facebook and Instagram, tagging at Trainer Revenue Multiplier. And if you are ever in the Texas area, you got to check out Hidden Gym in Allen. Greg, where can they find you on Instagram and Facebook?
2: Uh, The Instagram handle is uh, hidden underscore Jim. Mine is greg.w.mcCoy. And then, yeah, I think you just search the names on Facebook, they'll pull up.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate it. And until next time, take care of yourselves.
0: Thank you for listening to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Trainer Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today.